This is the Wrestling with Edwards podcast with your host, Scotty Wrestling. And this is WrestleMania week, ladies and gentlemen. As I, you know, brought up last week, this is the biggest week of the year in professional wrestling, some would say. You have independent wrestling shows running all week long. You have WWE having nearly a week and a half of content. There is so much going on here. Um, This past weekend, we had the Yokohama Dream Cinderella show for stardom, which we will be reviewing on this very show. New Japan crowned a new IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, which I will touch on. And we will also be reviewing NXT TakeOver, Stand and Deliver Night 1 and 2. Because... I have no other time to do it, so why wouldn't we do that? So that is why this episode came out a little late, so we could uh, take in night two on Thursday night. And, of course, we will talk AEW and preview the showcase of the Immortals, WrestleMania 37. That will conclude our special show here today. So, instead of covering Raw and SmackDown this week, I thought, you know, I can just sprinkle that into my... WrestleMania preview because I'm not going to repeat stuff, you know, when we get into that. Uh, I think there's currently 14 matches over two nights scheduled. And since I'm recording this before SmackDown, I'm guessing that's probably where we're staying. So, again, I think this is going to be a really fun show and I hope you enjoy it. Uh, Let's dig in. We're going to start off with the Stardom Yokohama Dream Cinderella review here um it was a great show another great show by them uh went down on easter morning uh for you know people here in the united states of course uh but it was it was really a great show so the show opened up with the zumi versus hina versus lady c a nice little triple threat match and i thought oh this will be a good way for them to give azumi a you know a nice win but I was shocked when um, Hina picked up the victory. Uh, she pinned Lady C, of course, because <laughs> if Lady C's in a match, you know who's getting pinned. And this was actually really good. Um, Hina showed me that, you know, given a few years, she is going to be one of the best in stardom. Uh, 
they really have a good future panned out with um, Hannon, Rena, and Hina. I think those three especially are going to be stars for stardom down the line, and they're really learning from great talent. Like, you know, Hina being in Queen's Quest, she's learning from, you know, debatably the best group in stardom. Uh, I would say they're the best group, but that's just me. And Rena's learning from Wado Tai. She has been, you know, a shining star the past couple weeks. And Hannon's learning from Mayu Iwatani. Like, you can't beat that. So I think they're in a really good spot uh, with those th- three moving forward. And, of course, you have Azumi, who's, you know, only so young still, but she's such a veteran already that it's it's weird because she's clearly going to win all the big titles in the, the future. And, you know, within the next two years, I think she will hold that white belt or red belt. I think that's just a fact. But, yeah, that match was really good. Um, definitely a good opener. Um, I, I always like when... You know, you have these types of matches opening. Azumi's kind of clutch in that aspect for them because she's really exciting. And to get a crowd off hot and get them, you know, into the show, she's always a good choice. Uh, but, yeah, good match. Momo Watanabe faced off with Mina Shirakawa. This was a war. And when I say a war, I mean it was just a war against Mina because Momo held nothing back. Nothing. This might have been the hardest hitting Momo match I've seen in a while. She had these two drop kicks in the corner to Mina that just absolutely sent me back. Like I was like, holy shit. She she held nothing back, you know, full speed, absolute um beautiful striking prowess that Momo has and it also gave Mina a chance to really shine which I thought was important um and I think that's something Momo does really well with her opponents she allows them to shine just as much and she's one of the most consistent workers in the world so it only it only felt right that Mina had what I thought was her best singles match that I've seen her have uh it was it was great absolutely great um, and, of course, Momo picks up the victory. But this was really good. And this, I think, set the tone for what was to come in the coming matches. I think, um, you know, that opener was good because it was good um, for what they were trying to do. But this one, you know, woke you up and was like, okay, this is going to be a special night. Um, Unagi Sayaka faced off with Saya Kamatani. Going into this match, I feel like a lot of people, you know, Figured there's no way Saya loses, mostly because, you know, Kamatani is fresh off a red belt championship match. But Unagi Sayaka is clearly someone they see a lot in. So, to me, it could have went either way. Kamatani walks out with the win. As you would say, you know. I thought it was fine. Um, Unagi did her best, you know, of getting her ass kicked once again, but she had a lot of good offense in this. And Kamatani's just growing in a strong, strong way. And I'm I'm waiting to see how far she goes in the Cinderella tournament, which I will also be 
previewing and predicting right after this because she has a tough first-round matchup, but she's clearly the person that's going to win that white belt, I'm sure, from Tam down the line. Stars versus Oedo Tai. The loser, the final fall, the final elimination, would have to switch factions. Uh, Pretty good action here. Uh, Not my match of the night by any means, but lots of good back and forth. And ultimately, it was Gokujin Death who would have to switch teams and join Oedo Tai, which was kind of shocking. It was just another way for Stars to lose another member. Um, after this, they were down to four with, uh, Jungle Kiona still out. Um, currently it's Mayu, Hanan, Starlight Kid, and Sayaida. However, we would learn, um, in a press conference this week that Sayaida actually tore her ACL, which is not good, not good at all. And that, you know, that means she's out of Cinderella. She could be giving up her belt. I don't know if they said anything about the Futures belt. But it sucks because Aida has really hit this groove recently of just being one of Stardom's more consistent workers. She's found what works for her, and she was having great matches. So we wish we wish Sai Aida a speedy recovery uh, because, you know, she was really finding her way. But yeah, uh, Goku and Death switch teams, and it seems like Oedo Tai and Stars are far from over. Alright, let's get to the Wonder of Stardom match. Tam Nakano versus Natsu Poi. This match was my match of the night, plain and simple. I thought they told this wonderful story, you know, because they've told the good story for a few weeks now where... You wanted to understand why are these two fighting. And they used to be friends. Tam has a lot of these stories, actually. Which is interesting. And I think Tam is one of the better storytellers in wrestling right now. Um, she you know, carries a lot of heart on her sleeve. And she displays it in every single one of her matches, which is really important. Uh, but I was very much all in on this match. The back and forth, the amount of near falls. You know, they had a few near falls where I thought Poi was walking out winner. And this was just really another case of Big Match Tam delivering. I've officially given her that nickname, you know. I remember when uh, JBL and WWE used to call John Cena Big Match John. Well, this is Big Match Tam, baby. Big Match Tam continues to deliver and I think it's just you know a credit to her and how good she has become because when I watched through um, stardom last year and I watched a solid amount of tam matches she was hit or miss for a few years there she um, she could be really good or she could be really bad it was just a consistency thing for her if she was hitting her moves then you know, she's going to have a good match. But now she hits. She hits, she hits, she hits. She is on her way to being one of the best wrestlers this year. I currently have her number two in my rankings through the first quarter of the year. But my oh my, this match was great. Uh, Poi is so good. She's just so good. 
Um, I don't know if people dislike her, don't like her, but I love watching Poi go in there because her mix of high speed but ability to, you know, hit back at her opponent no matter what is really entertaining. Again, this match was great. I don't think I don't think anyone can disagree that who watched this that this was anything less than a great match. Uh, but absolutely my match of the night. Tam Nakano, of course, successfully defended for victory number one. And we'll see if the Cinderella decides her next opponent or not. Utami Hayashishita versus Bia Priestley for the World of Stardom Championship. Going into this, I'm I was very vocal. I didn't know what it was going to go because I'm not the biggest Bia Priestley fan by any means. I think some of her matches can be quite sloppy or just not great. But in recent months, she's been pretty good to if not good just overall good uh, she's had some good matches but this match with the Tommy was the best I've ever seen her plain and simple I think she had her the match of her career here in Hayashishita continuously proves to me that she is not only worthy of that world of stardom championship but she is the woman to carry stardom on their back moving forward uh, every single one of her title matches I'd say are good to great and that's a credit to her because before winning that title I feel a lot of people can agree with me I don't think she was seen as someone you know necessarily on the top level in terms of performing in the ring she um, she has found it she is this powerhouse who can battle this powerhouse who is just an absolute treat to watch, and she's having great matches. And this was just another great, great match with Priestley. Priestley hit everything. She hit everything on Utami, but could not put her away. And when she hit the Queen's Landing, you know, for a solid second there, I was like, oh my God, Priestley's winning. No doubt in my mind, Bia Priestley is going to win the World of Stardom Championship again. But what a beautiful beautiful near fall uh and this is becoming a theme for utami matches just these absolutely incredible near falls that have you thinking she may be losing the title um ultimately of course it was hayashishita who walked out as the winner after hitting her um razor's edge you know spinning razor's edge which is absolutely devastating move fantastic move to priestly for the win and after the match, we all learned that this was Bia Priestley's last match in stardom. She is leaving Japan. Um, but as of this recording, she has left Japan. Really shocking. And, you know, when she stopped working with New Japan and the United Empire, people thought, oh, she's just going to not re-sign with them to do that, but just, you know, go to stardom full-time again. But no. No, no. She is leaving. This was her last match. It was a really emotional moment as she, you know, had Utami and Momo Watanabe in the ring and they all cried and hugged in the middle of the ring. It was a really, it was a really cool moment. 
You know, and I'm not, again, the biggest Be a Priestly fan. There's other people out there as well who have a disdain. But this was very emotional. And, you know, it seems her next move could very well be to WWE, which is something I never imagined. Never for a second did I think Bea Priestley could go to WWE. And that's very intriguing in terms of what she could do there. But that's not written in stone. We will wait and see what happens there. But my goodness, this was a great match. And finally, the main event of the evening. As Micah and Hamika defend the Goddesses of Stardom Tag Team Championships. Against their Donna Del Mondo partners in crime, their group members, Julia and Siri. These these four women attempted to do something I really, you know, looking at it, I didn't think was possible because they were trying to go 100 miles per hour from start to finish. And that's just absolutely incredible to do in a 28-minute match. Uh, my only gripe with this match is that I would have shed a few minutes off, but really, it was great. And Julia and Siri ended up walking out as champions. Which, you know, probably shocked a lot of people, if I had to guess. It certainly shocked me. But I was... I was pleased by it. You know, because... I don't know how you couldn't be pleased by it. Well, I do, because people are fans of Micah and Hamika, but overall, the match I was pleased with, they showed they showed that being in that main event spot, while there were two matches better than it, they weren't going to go down, you know, and be looked at any other way besides respected. They absolutely earned my respect, and they just had a great match. Another great match. And my only question is, you know, what's next? Where do we go from here? What what do you do with Julia and Sirius champions? It's just very intriguing to see where they go and what they do because... uh, I'm just... I'm simply intrigued, really. I look forward to seeing where they go. This, But this show overall, Yokohama Dream Cinderella, was an absolute fantastic event. That is their second in a row this year of just knocking it out of the park on the biggest shows. An absolute credit. To everyone involved for continuously showing up and showing the world why you should be watching Stardom. I think if you're a fan of Stardom, you're just happy by how great they're doing. And if you're not a fan of Stardom yet, then this is something you need to check out because... It was just really, really entertaining for me. Uh, 
And now we have the Cinderella tournament this weekend. We have round one starting now. And let me tell you, I am very excited because it it presents a chance to really continue their growth and continue shining like they've been doing week in and week out. And I can't tell you how much that how much fun this could be, you know? So let's get into the Cinderella tournament, the first round matchups, and I'll give you my predictions. So round one, you know, uh, every match, 10-minute limit, and we have 10, 10 first-round matchups. Be a Priestley and Sayaida have had to be replaced for their matchups, so Hannon fills in for one, and Ruaka fills, uh, fills in for the other. So it makes this, you know, really exciting tournament because the way you can lose is very intriguing. Very intriguing. So matchup number one, Hamika takes on Hannon. I'm definitely going with Hamika here. I don't think this will be a situation of, you know, a draw or crazy upset. I think Hamika is going to go pretty deep into this tournament and... While I do think Hannon's going to be a shining star long term, it's clearly not yet. You know, give her give her two years, and you know, you might be able to say she could win the Cinderella tournament. Two or three years, probably. Uh, Micah versus Konami. Now this this is an exciting first round matchup. This could go to a draw. This could be a shock. But I think I think Micah is going to win. And as much of a Konami fan I am, I just think that's the way we're going to go. I think it's a case of Donna Del Mondo is clearly, clearly going to have a good run again in the uh, in another tournament. And Micah could be someone that wins it all. If she, you know, goes to challenge a Tam Nakano, this could make all the sense in the world in my mind. Unagi Sayaka versus Natsuka Toro, uh, Tora. This one is hard. Um, I'm guessing, you know, there's a chance of DQ because that's what Natsuko does. I think somehow Unagi gets past Natsuko here. Uh, whether it be Natsuko DQing herself or just a surprise win or her throwing uh, Natsuka Tora over the top, I just really do think that Unagi Sayaka is going to win this match. Starlight Kid versus Momo Watanabe. It better be fucking Momo. I watch my language, but it better be Momo. I will lose it if it's not. Um, this match is one of the best first round matches, though. And like, if Starlight Kid won in a shocking like win, I wouldn't be that upset. But it just give Momo, please, a, a one single round. That's all I ask. Just give her one round. Azumi versus Saki Kashima. As much as I hoped and prayed that this could be Azumi's year, 
Saki Kashima has been winning with that crazy pin that she does. I don't know the name of it off the top of my head. And uh, this could be another case. But I'm going to pick Azumi. I think Azumi is going to have a very healthy run in this tournament. I just, I'm going with my gut rather than my brain on this one, okay? Julia versus Ruaka. I mean, Julia's winning. Or is this even a question? Is, is this even a question? No, it's not. Maya Iwatani versus Gokujin Death. Oedo ties Gokujin Death. I believe she's now going by Fukujin Death. I think that's what Natsuko gave her for a new name. But I'm going to pick Mayu, but this is going to be tough for her. She's going against her friend who's no longer in her group. And that's got to sadden her, you know? Uh, but definitely going with Mayu. I think Mayu is a real favorite to win this, as, you know, she usually is. Utami Hayashishita versus Mia Shirakawa. I'm always intrigued by when champions are in tournaments because I don't know how they're going to ultimately have them lose. But um, I'm going to pick Utami. I think it's reasonable to think she gets out of the first round. Siri versus Nat Natsu Poi. This is very well could be the main event. Uh, very intriguing going each way, but I think Siri is probably my favorite to win this. She's actually my prediction to win the Cinderella tournament, and I think she beats Natsu Poi here, but this match should be really fun. And finally, the biggest matchup by far in the first round is Tam Nakano, the Wonder of Stardom champion versus Saya Kamatani, a match that we will definitely see down the line, possibly for this title. Um, you know, there's a way to possibly have Saya win, but I do think Tam ultimately either wins this or they go to a draw and are both eliminated. So that's your Cinderella tournament preview by me. We have a lot more to get to, so I don't want to, you know, harp on this much more. But again, if you ch go check out Yokohama Dream Cinderella, Cinderella tournaments this weekend. There's a lot of good wrestling, ladies and gentlemen, going on right now. So. Why don't we jump into the little New Japan news as Will Ospreay has won the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, defeating Kota Ibushi at Sakura Genesis, and he will defend the title against Shingo Takagi at Wrestling Dontaku, and after that, the next defense will be against Kazuchika Okada at Wrestle Grand Slam inside the Tokyo Dome. A lot to, you know, take in here for New Japan fans. Many things, you know, very important. It's very important to see where they go because a lot this upset a lot of people, and reasonably so. Uh, Will Ospreay, not the best guy in the world, of course. He has his history of very bad things. And, you know, I just think it was a weird move because you built for a year, essentially, to get Coda to that title. And now he's already lost it. So, what's next for Coda? Um, clearly, we know what's next for Osprey. Uh, he's going to take on Shingo, probably beat him, and then he's going to face Okada. And that's where, you know, I'm wondering, does he beat Okada this time around? I don't think so. I think Okada's going to win this world title because New Japan's been having a tough time with... Uh, Ticket sales, and when I say tough time, I mean they've just been losing to show, 
Like, they've been outnumbered by other shows, which is kind of shocking. And I think Okada is the guy that they put their trust into. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Osprey winning the IWGP world title. He's he's a good pro wrestler. That's what he is. But as a human, it's hard to watch his matches or cheer for him or cheer for his success when you know what he's done. And you, it's just, it's tough. It's tough. And I feel for New Japan fans because... You're watching something, and I, as someone that watches WWE, I'm used to this by now, but it's just tough, and, you know, Osprey was always going to become world champion, I always thought that, I never thought, you know, despite what happened during speaking out, that he was going to stop from becoming world champion, I just never thought that was going to happen, and clearly I was right, but... I'm interested to see where this goes because as a pro wrestling fan, I, I think the only road is to have Okada be the superhero in the Tokyo Dome. I think that's the only way, way you go. But again, we will see. We will see. Why don't we talk about AEW? AEW Dynamite was not a great show this week. Not at all, really. I wasn't blown away by much. Uh, we do have a few announcements, though, that are worth our time so why don't we get into it uh death triangle versus best friends looks to be happening again and i don't know i'm just kind of annoyed with how AEW seemingly doesn't know what to do with death triangle they keep moving them from feud to feud and they had them had pack in phoenix win that AEW tag team casino battle royal to win their title shot they get that next week but i feel they have to understand that these three are really three of their best. And I understand the elite's great, and that's what people like to see, but Death Triangle is the group now, people. This is the team. How many times do I got to tell you? So why is the decision to go back to the best friends feud that happened a year ago? And no offense to the best friends, but I don't, I'm don't. i not really intrigued by them by any means. But Chris Statlander has joined them, by the way, so that's kind of fun. I just, uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of Chuck Taylor. I'm barely a fan of Trent. Orange Cassidy is pretty good. Chris is, is great. But uh, I just, the Death Triangle could be doing so much better. That, that's just my problem. They could be doing so much better. And they won't be. At least for now. The Inner Circle and Pinnacle will be heading towards... Blood and Guts, you know, a match that was scheduled for a year ago is finally going to happen just between two different groups, which, you know, isn't shocking. But hey, um, I'm just kind of over the pinnacle already. I don't know if this is something that other people are feeling, but I'm not really into any of them outside of Wardlow. Uh, but I guess Blood and Guts has to intrigue others, right? It's going to happen on May 5th, I believe. Sammy Guevara is probably going to do something crazy. I, I don't know. I'm just... 
By the way, Blood and Guts, for those who don't know, is pretty much War Games. Just that's the name of it. Because Vince McMahon said we're not into Blood and Guts something. And that was their running joke. So they called that Blood and Guts. Yada, yada, yada. Who gives a shit? Um, yeah, I'm just... I can't connect to this. Team Taz offered Christian Cage a spot in the group. So clearly we're going to get a match between Christian Cage and probably Ricky Starks, maybe? I think that would make some sense. Uh, Jurassic Express versus Bear Country. Now, see, this was a match I was pretty excited for, and it was okay. It was okay. Uh, they you know, they build it as Godzilla versus King Kong, yada, yada, yada. It was okay. It wasn't great. It had some good spots. Um, Jurassic Express usually do that, but... It just didn't hit for me like I hoped it would. Um, and, you know, that was a real shame. That really sent me on a downward spiral watching the show. Um, the Factory is the name of QT Marshall's group. And I will tell you, they intrigued me from their one little promo here. They they made me buy in. So, keep going. Um, Anthony Agobo will have his in-ring debut next week, which I'm very intrigued by. Um, he is part of the Factory, of course. Uh, Sting interviews suck. Uh, we did it again where he gets, you know, someone runs down and it was Jake Roberts' time. He's like, yeah, don't take spots, yada, yada, yada. And then Lance Archer came out and he's like, you're taking my spots. And every time they bring me up, they put me down and I'm off TV. And this is all true. But Sting says, I agree with you. And Sting got in his face and said, do something about it. And I was like, okay. See, this turned at least well because Sting actually got to talk, but my, oh, my, the running gag here of people getting in the face of Sting every single goddamn promo is just brutal. Just brutal. I don't... Eh, it's not fun. All right, Darby Allen versus J.D. Drake. Good match. Uh, Darby Allen, of course, retained because there was literally no chance he lost to J.D. Drake. Um... We're going to get Darby Allen versus Matt Hardy next week. Yay. The Pinnacle, you know, ended up showing up on the show. They attacked Jericho. They locked the inner circle in their dressing room. And this is where the big Mike Tyson appearance for the show happened. As Mike Tyson went in there and saved Jericho and started punching Sean Spears. Then the inner circle finally showed up. And I was like, oh, wow, I don't give a shit. Mike Tyson's appearing on Dynamite. Like, I like Mike... Well, I don't really... Mike Tyson's a good attraction when it comes to boxing. Uh, but when it comes to professional wrestling in 2021, I really don't care. I don't care about seeing Mike Tyson. I'm sorry. And this just felt so pushed and unneeded that I just didn't know what I was watching. I just didn't, I just didn't know what I was watching. It didn't feel like the Dynamite that I felt like it's been great for the past two months. It just was bad, and uh, I just don't. I just don't care. Now here's something good. Britt Baker cut a promo. She got a great new shirt that says DMD in the AEW looking um, font, um, and she shit on the rankings, the rankings that have yet to matter in AEW, but we have them every single week. She said contenders should be made based off 
T-shirt sales, star power, engagement, yada, yada. You're pretty much saying Britt Baker's the goddamn biggest star in this women's division, possibly company right now, and she deserves a title shot. That's pretty much what happened. And I agree. I agree Britt Baker should get a title shot soon. I don't know why we keep rinsing and repeating with Sheeta versus Nyla and looking for all these opponents for Sheeta when clearly the big one is Britt Baker and it has to come soon. Trio's match. Uh, John Moxley teams up with the Young Bucks to face off with Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers. This was pretty good. Not the... Not at the um, ability that we've seen in recent weeks when it comes to trios matches, but it was pretty good um, before Matt Jackson had the incapabilities of hitting Kenny, which, you know, got annoying after about the ninth time of him resisting, of hitting the uh, BTE trigger. It just was getting annoying. John Moxley got pissed off. He hit two... Uh, paradigm shifts on Omega was going to hit a third before the Young Bucks finally gave in and super kicked Moxley. They super kicked Moxley, turned on him, and that allowed Omega and the Good Brothers to win the match. And after the match, they also took out Eddie Kingston and hit Moxley again. Clearly showing the Young Bucks just can't make a goddamn decision. And they are not away from Kenny yet. They did a big hug at the end. And that was that. Um, so I clearly we're going towards Moxley and Eddie Kingston versus the Young Bucks. Probably at um, double or nothing, which is a very exciting match. The Young Bucks just, they're getting annoying because I feel like it's a monthly thing with them where they switch their characters, they switch the way they think. This story with Kenny is just getting clustered. It's becoming a cluster of some sort. And I'm just wondering, like, where where is this going? You know? Where is this going? Because I don't see a result that makes sense to me. I don't see anything that excites me. I guess a match with the Good Brothers, but like, is that really the payoff you want here? I mean, I guess it is, but I just don't. I just don't get it. But that's all for AEW this week. Um, we are over thirty minutes in, nearing forty, and I have yet to talk about. NXT or Wrestlemania it's been a big show and the show will continue now it's time we talk about NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver so we're going to start off with Night 1 of course which was a phenomenal show phenomenal um, I think you know I really do think them moving AEW from not AEW, moving NXT from Wednesday nights to Tuesday is just going to better the product. They're not going to have to feel like they're competing anymore. What they can do is go back to what made NXT great for so long there. And that's most important. And I think 
I think this, at least night one of this pay-per-view, I'm recording night two later after this, but it will be a part of the episode, and you'll hear it anyways, but I'm going to be honest with all you people. I think night one was just such a beautiful card. It just was another example of what makes NXT so great and has made NXT so great for so long. I'm I'm intrigued because where do they go after all this? So a lot of, I should probably just get into the show because I'm trying to analyze it without even talking about it. So let's let's talk about the show first. Zoe Stark and Tony Storm had a pre-show match which Zoe Stark won. Big upset over Tony Storm. Zoe Stark is clearly someone they see a lot in. And, you know, it makes sense. She's very athletic. She's um, built like, she's built very well. Um, and she has she has a factor about her that fans can probably get behind. It's kind of shocking still, though, how much they've gotten behind her so quick. But I'm, I'm intrigued at the very least. Uh, but, yeah, she beat Tony Storm, someone who faced... Io Shirai twice in the past couple months for the NXT Women's Championship. So again, I think we're at a point here where there's a lot of movement in the women's division, which you know can be very exciting. But let's get into the actual show now. Uh, Pete Dunn versus Kushida kicked off the night, and my oh my, was it a great match! Uh, as you would expect with these two, really. Uh, Kushida's really finally found himself in NXT, and it's showing in his takeover matches. These are back-to-back takeovers where he has just had potential match of the years. Uh, him and Pete Dunne had a technical battle. That was just lovely. It looked like Kushida was going to win a few times, but ultimately it was Pete Dunne who at the bitter end to win the match. Pete Dunne also had new theme music, by the way, uh, which kind of gave it away who was winning to me. But what a match, what a match, what a start to the show. Definitely something to go check out. Next up was the Gauntlet Eliminator, which I thought was so good. Um, I didn't know how good it could be, but Leon Ruff and Isaiah Swerve Scott really kicked it off super well. Uh, They battled and battled. Bronson Reed was a shining star in this match. Cameron Grimes was great in this match. And the two, you know, weak factors in my eyes, which were Dexter Loomis and L.A. Knight, added to it in a way that didn't hurt the match at all. And if anything, helped it. It looks like we're going L.A. Knight and Dexter Loomis down the line. And I was shocked when Dexter Loomis was eliminated. Because I thought Dexter Loomis, without a doubt, was winning this. No questions asked. But I was happy to be wrong. He did not win. Um, this is ended up being Bronson Reed's night. But my oh my, if you left this match thinking about anyone other than Isaiah Swerve Scott, I don't know what's going on. Isaiah Swerve Scott is an absolute star. I've talked about him week after week after week after week after week after week. And he finally got to show on the takeover stage how great he is. He was the first, one of the first people into the match, the last person out of the match. 
What a showing by Swerve, man. What a showing. And it was a perfect way to build up Bronson Reed as well. But this match was great. The Gauntlet Eliminator, I really like the style of it. Uh, we had the NXT United Kingdom Championship match between Walter and Tommaso Ciampa. And let me tell you right now, this match, as of this, as of this right now, right now, and, you know, I'm adding the TakeOver 2 reaction after this, but I'm going to say this, this right now is the WWE match of the year. This was an all-out war from beginning to end. Chops, brutalization, just absolutely devastating offense from both men. Champa shaved his head. He looked like the Champa of old from 2018 that set the world on fire. Um, and Walter's just so good, man. He's just so good. He gets it. And after the show, you know, in the uh, post-show press conference between uh, Triple H and Shawn Michaels, they were talking about Walter and explaining how incredible he is. And they would love to, you know, they'd love to use him more if they could. And when the they hinted at when the world opens up, he's going to be used more on NXT. And he's going to be a major player for them for years to come on the NXT brands. Uh, but yeah, he is just simply, simply incredible. And this match was incredible. Uh, the ending was beautiful. He hit two power bombs, which have, you know, usually been the end, but Champa kicked out. So then he hits this like neck sleeper hold type suplex onto Champa and hits him with one big chop across the chest for the win. People either love that ending or hate it. I loved it. I thought it was a great ending. Um, and this was just a phenomenal match from beginning to end. Probably be my match of the week, to be fair. Um, I, you know, Cole versus Riley, O'Reilly, which I will talk about later, is going to be great. But what a, what a first night. And then finally, we had the tag team title match between MSK, Grizzled Young Veterans, Legato Del Fantasma. The action in this was unrepeatable. It was just so much. You have to watch it for yourself. But MSK walked out of the new NXT Tag Team Champions. I felt like this was, you know, something that made a lot of sense. Uh, MSK is clearly the people they're getting behind to be that team to build that division around they are really good they're just so good and it's almost like they haven't missed yet they haven't missed they've just delivered great match after great match at takeovers whether it be in the tournament they're just doing so well and as a fan you have to appreciate that and finally the main event Io Shirai versus Raquel Gonzalez for the NXT Women's Championship. Io Shirai has held the title for over 300 days. Raquel Gonzalez has been this indestructible force who has destroyed Rhea Ripley, who has pinned Io before, and she pinned Io again. We have a brand new NXT Women's Champion 
Io Shirai has finally been defeated, but my oh my, Raquel Gonzalez. What a what a growth she's had since signing with WWE. You know, I remember seeing her on the little Florida circuit when her and Rhea used to team. And she has transformed who she is. And she's earned this spot. I felt, you know, if anyone's going to beat EO, Raquel seemed like the choice. It seemed like the choice. And wow, oh wow, I just, I absolutely loved this match. This was a great match. EO did her massive dive once again. This time there was a skull on the entrance way. She got up to the top of it, dove on to Raquel. Um, she even hit the moonsault in the middle of the ring, but Raquel kicked out. Ultimately, again, it was Raquel's night. She hit the one-arm powerbomb on the outside, hit it once more in the ring for the 1-2-3. And Io Shirai's reign will go down as one of the best in NXT history, plain and simple. She beat contender after contender after contender. She beat Sasha Banks. She beat Charlotte Flair. There's not much more you could have Io Shirai do to prove how great she was. And Triple H and Shawn Michaels said there is no guarantee she's going up to the main roster, which I'm hopeful for because I don't want to see her on there. I think she can still shine on NXT, and there's a chance that she does stay. And I'm just intrigued what's next for Io Shirai. Io Shirai is one of my absolute favorites by far. Probably my favorite. She's just so good at what she does. She's one of the most charismatic wrestlers in the world. She's one of the best wrestlers in the world. And I just look forward to seeing what's next for her. But back to Raquel Gonzalez, again, just absolutely, absolutely incredible. You know, it's a credit to her of what she's been able to become and why I think it's right that she goes forward as the champion. NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver Night 2. Has also come and gone. And what a show. What a complete look. At what NXT has to offer. Uh, The night started off with. The ladder match. For the NXT. Cruiserweight championships. To decide who the undisputed champion was. It was Santos Escobar. Versus Jordan Devlin. This match was. You know, a ladder match, so it was very physical. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, Didn't hit me like I hoped it would. Um, Maybe that's because these two are more ground-based wrestlers in a ladder match, so it didn't necessarily give you the high-flying spots by any means. But, as I hoped, Santos Escobar walked out as the undisputed cruiserweight champion in a valorant effort. Valiant effort, and overall, I just thought it was a good match. It wasn't anything special, but it came out with the right winner, so that was the big win on the night. Second up was the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship match as Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart defended against Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. Um, this is another match that I thought could have been better. Um, it was good. But I feel like Candice and Indy have worked better as a team in the past. I liked their previous match with Shotzi and Ember better, personally. 
Um, Ember and Shotzi, of course, won. There was no doubt, I think, in anyone's mind, especially since the titles had changed hands already twice within their span. You know, the inaugural, then the Kurt. But again, it was a good match. Just left a little more to be desired, really. And I think... That was almost a theme for tonight. However, I will say that the next match, Johnny Gargano versus Bronson Reed for the NXT North American Championship, did deliver. Uh, Bronson Reed's a star, man. Uh, I thought there was a real chance he was going to win tonight. And I do wonder who they have beat Gargano. Uh, I guess it could still be Loomis. But again, that doesn't really interest me. Uh, time will tell. Time will tell who they go with in that situation. But really good match. The second best match on the night. Really would have been the worst match on the main card, though, yesterday. That's how strong last night was to me. Uh, but it was a good match. It was a good match. Karrion Cross versus Finn Balor for Finn Balor's NXT Championship. I feel like this was just another... Match that felt certain. I don't think anyone really thought Balor was going to win. Now, I had a little hope. Um, the way they structured this match was pretty good. Uh, they had Balor really attack the shoulder of Cross, the injured, um, the surgically repaired shoulder. And I thought that added a really good look at this match. It was probably Cross's best overall match since coming to NXT. Uh, they really wanted you to believe that Finn had a chance. Finn even hit the coup de grace, but Cross kicked out. And what ultimately won him the match was this array of forearms to the back of Finn's head, essentially knocking him out. He had his uh, suplex, and it was ultimately the knockout blow in the back of the head that won cross the match. Now my question is, who is going to beat him? Because the way they've built him up, it almost feels like no one can. It's a dangerous move. I mean, Kyle O'Reilly's always an option, but who is going to beat Cross? Because the way they're building him up is... Almost Asuka-like, in a sense. And Asuka was never beaten. So that's really the question we're going to be asking ourselves moving forward. But Karrion Cross, Raquel Gonzalez, you know, they are the faces of a brand new NXT um, starting in this new Tuesday night era. And finally, the main event. Unsanctioned. Kyle Riley versus Adam Cole. These two former best friends became rivals because... Adam Cole got sick and jealous of Kyle Riley's multiple title matches, his failures. That broke the Undisputed Era up. They, de they both debuted with new music, new ring gear, and this was a fight from beginning to end. Absolute war. And that's really all you expected. That's really what you expect in an unsanctioned match. Again. I was blown away by how well they were able to tell this story. Now, it went 40 minutes or so. Not necessarily something I see necessary. And it's honestly something I have, you know, critiqued about certain matches in the past. But it was really good. It was really good. 
what they did in this match was incredible. Uh, Cole and O'Reilly crashed through the stage at one point. Cole hit a brain buster on O'Reilly on the steps, much like how this feud really heated up. Um, he smashed him in the face with a TV monitor. And the real finish that was stunning was Cole prompted the chair, a steel chair, on its side, up, essentially upside down. So the legs of the chair were sticking up pretty much to impale O'Reilly, but O'Reilly fought, O'Reilly, O'Reilly fought it off, pushing Cole down with a low blow, uh, which is relevant because that's what Cole hit him with earlier in the match. As Cole sat there, O'Reilly tied his leg up with this chain that was featured early in the match and hit a devastating knee. You could see Cole twitch much like O'Reilly did earlier in this feud. So a little um, reminiscent type moment there. And finally, it was the 1-2-3. Adam Cole was the loser. Kyle O'Reilly walked out as the winner. And the question now is... What's next for them? What's next for Adam Cole? Does he go up to the main roster? Does he stay in NXT? I think Kyle Riley's starting to, you know, create a singles career and he could become the NXT North American champion. That's a definite option of someone who could beat Johnny Gargano possibly at the next takeover. But this was a great match. I have it as the tied for the second best match of the week uh, for NXT takeover. And I'm really intrigued to see what we have left. I have a lot of independent shows to watch and, of course, WrestleMania. So it's going to be an interesting week, but this was a great match. NXT TakeOver, Stand and Deliver, one of the best ever. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. But now it is time for the Wrestlemania 37 preview to end our show tonight, today, whenever the hell you're listening to it. Words are bad sometimes, I'm sorry. Here it is. Let's dig in. Because this is exciting, you know? It's exciting because it's the first show for the main roster of WWE to have fans in it. 25,000 fans will fill Raymond James Stadium on night one and night two. It's, it, the story, I'm telling this to people. The storytelling might not have been great leading up to the show. Raw was pretty bad. Most weeks, SmackDown I thought was pretty good, and they actually told some good stories. Um, But it's just a matter of this is important. This is an important weekend for WWE. They're getting fans back for the first time. Considering what these wrestlers have had to go through over the past year, to not only try their best to put on entertainment entertaining shows, but do it without fans. This is a big moment for them. And there's history officially being made this weekend. It's a big show that I am looking forward to as a wrestling fan, 
as a WWE fan because these wrestlers deserve it. So let's just get into this preview. We have a night one and night two. We will preview night one first. Um, we're just going to go from you know the bottom of the card to the top. Uh, Braun Strowman versus Shane McMahon in a steel cage match. This is a match that I am not necessarily looking forward to. But it's going to be crazy because it's going to have Shane in it. And Shane's going to do something ridiculous. So that's always entertaining. Um, this story has been the worst. The absolute worst. On Raw. On SmackDown. On any WWE television. It's been terrible. That being said, Braun Strowman's winning. If anyone else wins, it's a joke. Lana and Naomi versus Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose versus the Riot Squad versus Natalia and Tamina versus Carmella and Billy Kay in a tag team turmoil match. Winner receives a WWE Women's Tag Team Championship match on night two against Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. I am going to pick. While I would love the Riot Squad to win, I don't think they will. Uh, let's go Lana and Naomi. I think it's it would be cool to have Naomi shine. Um, yeah, we'll go with Lana and Naomi. Again, there's not much build to that. It's just it's a way to not do a battle royal, but have as many women on the card as possible, except for Bailey. But I digress. Bad Bunny and Damian Priest versus The Miz and John Morrison. Let me tell you, Bad Bunny has earned my respect. He's put in the work. He's done everything he needs to to belong on this show. And them making a tag team match really does protect Bad Bunny some. You know, having him do a singles with The Miz would have been a little dangerous. I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. And I think this is a great spot for Damian Priest. I think we have to acknowledge that. You know, them giving him the spotlight with Bad Bunny is not a bad thing at all. He's He was on, I was looking at it, and he was on a lot of uh, Spanish-speaking media shows this week. So it's big for him. It's really big for him. He's um, becoming a shining star for them, which is great. Um, I'm going to pick Bad Bunny and Damian Priest, of course. There's no way The Miz and John Morrison win this. Cesaro versus Seth Rollins. This is one of the better um, built matches on the entire show, in my opinion. Uh, Cesaro has really picked it up over the past few months, and Seth Rollins has combined his Messiah and World Champion character to really make this entertaining heel um, the big thing is he doesn't want to be swung, swung, uh, swung again. He does not want to be swung. And uh, that's going to be his number one goal. But this is Cesaro's first singles match at WrestleMania in his career. I'm riding the wave. I'm riding that you know baby face story. I'm riding that excitement. I'm picking Cesaro to win. I just, I just think that's the way to go. I'd almost be, I'd almost be upset if he didn't. Continuing on. The New Day face AJ Styles and Omos with the Raw Tag Team Championships on the line. Omos is going to shine. 
and this is a way to make AJ Styles a Grand Slam champion. That is what this match is here for. But it's very intriguing because we've never seen Omos compete in any way, shape, or form. Uh, we've seen him pick up people, but that's about it. AJ Styles is going to become a Grand Slam champion. I'm picking them to win. Bobby Lashley, the WWE champion, sorry, sorry, the almighty WWE champion, faces off with Drew McIntyre in a match that is definitely going to be beyond physical and, you know, probably be one of the best of the WrestleMania show. Um, It's going to be great. It's going to be absolutely great, I think, in my mind. Uh, I do think Drew walks out as the new champion. I think that's where they're going. But, man, Bobby has done the work to get here. He's absolutely done the work. He deserves this spot, and I don't think he's going to miss. I think these two are going to put on a great physical professional wrestling match. And finally, what I believe and many others believe to be the main event of night one of WrestleMania Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair for the SmackDown Women's Championship. This match is history in the making. This is history, ladies and gentlemen. This will be the first time ever that two African-American women step on the main stage of WrestleMania and fight in a singles match for the world title, essentially. The SmackDown Women's Championship is a world title. That's what that is. And it's very exciting. And they're going to make that much more history when they main event. Not only will be the, they be the second WrestleMania women's main event, but they will be the first singles women's WrestleMania main event as well. There's so much history. There's so much importance in this match. And you can feel it. You can feel it throughout the weeks. There was a hashtag trending wild that said main event, Banks, Belair. Even Bailey tweeted it because... People, Bailey is a great character on TV. She's a great character on Twitter, but she understands how important things are, and she's Sasha Banks' best friend. She has been, and she's really a good reason why these two are in the spot. She was used to make to help elevate these two. Now, don't get me wrong; I don't think Sasha Banks needed much to be elevated, but Bianca Belair was still pretty fresh, and her beating Bailey was a big spot, a big spot, a big step. But this match is going to be special. This match is going to deliver. I have no doubt in my mind. These two are going to have a wonderful match. And I'm expecting some greatness. Bianca Belair is walking out as the new SmackDown Women's Champion. I think that's just something that is going to happen. I... I I could see it go either way, but I just I think they are going to use this moment to crown Bianca, which is absolutely the right moment. On tonight two of the WrestleMania 37 card, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler will defend the NXT Women's Tag Team, not NXT, the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships against. Well, we don't know. We certainly don't know yet. And I said Lana and Naomi. Either, no matter who gets through this match, unless they add, like, Bailey and some superpower teammate, um, yeah, no. I'm picking Nia and Shayna. 
Riddle versus Sheamus for the WWE United States Championship. This match has a chance to be very good. Sheamus has been on an absolute killer streak of just having these overly physical 100% effort matches time and time again since his return. And this will be no doubt in my mind another version of that. And I'm going to go with the bold strategy of picking Sheamus to win this. I think Sheamus walks out as the United States champion. We have Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn. Logan Paul is for some reason supposed to be involved. Um, Yay. I think these two just need to not have Logan Paul involved. Um, And Kevin Owens, I'm going to say, wins this match. A Nigerian drum fight for the WWE Intercontinental Championship. Big E versus Apollo Crews. I have no idea what a Nigerian drum fight is. Just sounds like it's going to be really physical and these two are going to kick each other's asses and that's all you can really ask for because I think these two are going to put on an absolute show. Whew. My bad. Really got... uh, amped up there. I am going to pick Apollo Crews to walk out as the new Intercontinental Champion. The Fiend versus Randy Orton. I'm picking The Fiend. I don't care about this match. I don't think it's going to be very good. And that's that. Asuka versus Rhea Ripley for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. They didn't have much time to tell a story here, but the basis is Rhea thinks she's ready for Asuka. Asuka does not. These two have instantly heated up. Rhea cost Asuka in their match. Rhea Ripley is going to do all in her power to become champion, and I believe Rhea Ripley is going to succeed in becoming the Raw Women's Champion. And finally, the main event of the evening. The main event of night two of WrestleMania 37. Roman Reigns defends the Universal Championship against Edge and Daniel Bryan. Without a doubt in my mind, this is going to be special. And it could go any way. It could go any way. This is going to be a match worthy of the main event on night two. Roman Reigns has done everything in his power to be the champion WWE needs him to be. Edge has quickly grown into this fantastic tweener of sorts and then there's Daniel Bryan Daniel Bryan has been the ultimate baby face of the past decade and his entry into this has made it that much more appealing that much better this match is going to be great it can go any way I'm picking the big dog the head of the table the tribal chief Roman Reigns to successfully defend the Universal Championship. I just I just think it would be wrong to uncrown him. I think what he's done, the work he's put in, what he has become, absolutely should leave him as the 
champion when WrestleMania is all said and done. And just like that, the WrestleMania 37 preview is complete. This episode is complete. Thank you for sitting with me for so long. This isn't usually my style. We're usually 20 minutes earlier than this, 40 minutes earlier than this, whatever you may be. But thank you for joining. I will be reviewing WrestleMania 37 next week. And until then, follow me on Twitter at Scott E. Wrestling, S-C-O-T-T-E-W-R-E-S-T-L-I-N-G. And keep checking out my articles. I have coverage all week long of all the WWE events. And overall, we just have a lot of coverage. So, again, until next time, have a good one, everyone. Enjoy WrestleMania week. また美学でしょう夢見る仲間たちを乗せて次の島目指して伝えしく<音楽>